Welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carrie is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carrie is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please welcome your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show, the only Internet radio show dedicated to giving you real solutions to improve your health. Not only are they real solutions, but they're natural solutions as well, because as you know, the one and only true wealth you have is your health. I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc, and I'm committed to helping you find the root cause of your health problem, fix the cause with natural treatments so you can feel normal again and live your life to the fullest. Today's topic is about mitochondria and how they drive heart disease, diabetes, and dementia. I'm so very excited about today's show because my special guest is Warren Cargill. Let me tell you a little bit about him. Warren Cargill is a licensed acupuncturist, herbalist, and clinical director at Acupuncture Atlanta and has practiced Chinese medicine for over 20 years. Warren's interest is in the integration of classical Chinese medicine with modern scientific study and evidence-based protocols. He recognized three fundamental factors that drive aging and the age-related diseases of diabetes, cardiovascular disease, and neurodegenerative diseases like dementia and Parkinson's. He's the author of Your Mitochondria, Key to Health and Longevity, which presents approaches for correcting these three factors to reverse age-related diseases. Warren, thank you so much for being my special guest today on this episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. Thank you for having me, uh, Carrie, and I'm excited to share some information about the mitochondria with your audience. So I think a, a good place to start, Warren, is, you know, what are the mitochondria? What do they do for us? So if you can explain that in just plain, simple terms. <laughs> That's a great question. You know, people, a lot of people don't even know about their mitochondria. So let's see, the, the, the mitochondria really uh, produce energy at the cellular level and for our bodies. And they're little organellas, uh, which means small bodies that exist within the cells, each of the cells. And so most people's view of energy is that, you know, the food that I eat that goes through the digestion and broken down into nutrients. And that's after that, things kind of drop off. But what happens is those nutrients are used by the mitochondria to create I and mean, to drive all these cellular functions within the body, which there are millions of them going on. And so fundamentally, without the mitochondria, you and I wouldn't be around. And, and there's a really interesting story also, kind of a sidebar, how the mitochondria came to be. But in a way, fundamentally, that's what's going on that mitochondria make um, ATP, um, adenosine triphosphate, which is uh, which provides all the energy for the molecular functions going on within the body. So as you said, basically the mitochondria, their main job is to produce energy. Mm-hmm. And I always like to explain to my patients that it takes energy to heal. Like we talk about energy and it's not just I have lots of energy and I feel good. It's fundamentally that it takes energy to repair, to rebuild, to detoxify, all of that kind of stuff. Right. I mean, it's even, you know, I mean, at the most fundamental level, just moving your muscles, 
requires energy. So, and then we can think of it at a more basic level of like, consider your heart, you know, which is beating 24 hours a day. All of that uh, contraction expansion is driven by ATP from the mitochondria. And it's my understanding that the real energy dependent organs, like the real heavily, I mean, they all depend on energy, but the real heavy hitters mm-hmm. have a lot more mitochondria. Yes. And so, so this is, this is actually how I got started and interested about this because our, our clinic here basically treats a lot of fertility issues. And, um, so just for example, you know, your skin may have like a hundred mitochondria per cell. And, uh, the next step up would be like if you, you know, I mentioned the heart, which is a high, you know, has a high number of mitochondria. It can have anywhere from five, to 8,000 mitochondria in it uh, per cell, right? So that's quite a bit. But when we get to something like a female egg, we're talking about like 100,000 mitochondria in it. I mean, it's just a phenomenal number of mitochondria in it. And when when you kind of consider that, like what happens in that first three months of uh, implantation is that you have all this tremendous growth that occurs from you know, a single cell to a million cell organism. So there, it requires a lot of energy to drive that. There are so many people out there um, talking about the importance of the microbiome and about gut health and about hormonal health and the adrenals and the thyroid and blah, blah, blah. And, and there's yeah. not many people out there really talking about mitochondria. And I started learning about mitochondria. I mean, this must have been 2010. Uh-huh. That's when I was learning about mitochondria by Dr. Alex Vasquez. And he, yeah. and he yeah. was, you know, talking about, and he was the first doctor that I saw, like, really out there starting to talk about mitochondria and how this, like, very fundamentally can be a huge part of people's health issues. And I think especially for people who are really struggling, like, they've changed their diet and they're yeah. not better and they've worked on their hormones and they're not better, you know, and they're taking all these supplements and they're not better and they're getting good sleep and they're not better and... And so what is that that underlies all of that? So I always think in my mind, okay, well, what are all of the different things that can impact health? And well, if your mitochondria are unhealthy, if your mitochondria are not working properly, if your mitochondria are not making enough energy to help heal you, you're mm-hmm. always going to be stuck. Right. That's correct. So the, the way that, that I kind of look at this is, I mean, what you just said is, I mean, that's a great summary. And, and, you know, we get a lot of patients here in the clinic that just have those exact, say, hey, look, I'm taking all these supplements from you, you know, nothing's, I'm still feeling kind of sluggish. And, and there's like four basic things that you need to know about the mitochondria. And you can use those four things, you know, for people listening, they can use them today. But, it, it, this really drives the energy production. So the first thing is that you, you, you begin to understand that the mitochondria are like little engines. And as such, they have requirements, uh, just like any normal engine. And, you know, one of those requirements is if you consider this like right now I'm sitting at my desk, you know, I'm in a sitting position. So when you're sitting, 
uh, essentially uh, you're creating hypoxia, hypoxic condition in the body, meaning low oxygen content. So that's the first thing you begin to understand that the mitochondria require oxygen, just like any energy, I mean, just like any engine. And at that level, low oxygen content, if you sit all day at your desk, low oxygen content will have profound effects on your mitochondria and it drives um, radical, I mean, uh, uh, oxygen species, which uh, create, you know, inflammation in the body. It just has a whole lot of issues that it starts driving. And so that's one of the first things that we're interested in is, are you breathing? You know, and just how is that, you know, how is that happening? And there's like one other thing that's really important to consider here as we develop this conversation is that your mitochondria, I mean, can use, well, it has two preferred energy sources. One of them is uh, sugars, the other one is fats. And so when you uh, take, you know, for example, one unit of sugar, uh, it's going to give you about two units of ATP. Remember, ATP is, is that energy that drives these cellular functions. However, when you consider one unit, when you take one unit of fat, you're going to get like 32 units of ATP out of it. So, I mean, you know, that is like such a phenomenal difference in the amount of energy that you're getting for yourself that you really have to kind of wake up to that. It's just like, you know, if you're interested in energy and feeling better, then you're probably eating a lot more fats in your diet. And, you know, minimizing the amount of sugars that you're doing. And so this is where something like a ketogenic diet, a -hmm. really fat-heavy diet, um, can really help uh, boost mitochondrial health. Right. Yeah, I mean, totally. That's the thing that comes out of it. If you're really interested in health and longevity, then you're fundamentally making changes. And when, when I say fat, I mean, you know, the mitochondria is, you know, not particular. I mean, they're, you know, whether it's avocados, whether it's olive oils, whether it's fish oils, whether it's, uh, you know, oils from animals, uh, you know, animal fat, it's fat to the mitochondria. And that's, that's what they're interested in. Yeah, and that the mitochondrial membrane itself is made of DHA. Mm-hmm. And DHA you can get from eating fatty fish. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, the membrane. So, so like, on back to the membrane, uh, the, I mentioned the inflammatory effects of the uh, reactive oxygen species. And what those actually do, so, so not to jump ahead here, but I mean, we're, the mitochondria are like little baffled organisms. And, and the baffles are like, it's a stepping up of the energy charge of the electrons. So it's actually acting at a quantum level, which is something I write about in my second book. But this quantum effect is um, when there's these electrons being charged, I mean, if there's not sufficient oxygen, they begin to leak and they punch holes in these membranes you just mentioned and these baffles in the mitochondria. And that's what, you know, starts driving this, degradation within the mitochondrial electron transport chain. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, definitely. That makes sense. <laughs> and and so I was going to say for the listeners out there, it's okay if you don't really understand that. 
<laughs> like, you don't have to geek out on this stuff like Warren and I geek out on this you stuff. Really? It's okay if you don't understand <laughs> that. The point is that mitochondria are in every cell of your body. Mitochondria make energy. And you need that energy to heal. And so oh, if you're a patient out there that has a neurodegenerative disease like Parkinson's or Alzheimer's dementia, if you have heart disease, if you have um, diabetes, if you have any chronic health condition, mm-hmm. um, including chronic fatigue, it's likely mm-hmm. that your mitochondria are ill in some way or some way, shape or form, and they need to be strengthened. And so two of the key things that Warren has already mentioned, eating a high fat diet, going ketogenic can help and making sure you're breathing and really oxygenating your body properly. And, you know, Warren, as you were talking about that, that made me think about the importance of sleep. Uh And I've spoken with uh, many different um, guests about sleep and and that for the listeners out there, if you snore, that's a bad thing. That's a red Mm -hmm. flag that you're not breathing properly during the night and you're not getting adequate oxygenation. And of course, if you have apnea, which means if you're stopping breathing, you know, um, when you're sleeping, that's like the severe form. Um, and that absolutely needs to be addressed. But even just snoring, that that is a problem. And so, Warren, when you talk about oxygenation and breathing, that makes me think about sleep and snoring and making sure that that is addressed. Because fundamentally, if you're not sleeping well, if you're not breathing properly while you're sleeping, that, you know, that it, there's eight hours right there, eight hours out right. of your day where your right. mitochondria are suffering. Right. Well, so let me just add a little bit more about that, Carrie. So one of the things in my research in writing this book was that I ran across this totally interesting article about sleeping. I mean, and it was that they have, you know, a couple of years ago, somehow they discovered that you know what? The lymphatic system doesn't just end at your neck. Then <laughs> it extends up into your brain. So, so you understand what I'm talking about, Carrie? Yes. So if you look at some of the old uh, anatomical drawings of the, you know, the lymphatic systems, when I say old, I mean, you know, like maybe five years ago, it shows it kind of stopping up around the jawline. Well, it turns out that the lymphatic system actually goes into the brain and its sole function how it works is when you're sleeping it it removes debris and you know debris is what you know what turns into amyloid plaque which is one of the precursors for neurodegeneration i.e parkinson's or dementia and stuff like that and so this this debris is being created from this um, reactive oxygen species that we talk about like you know when there's insufficient oxygen or when there's i mean the other thing i didn't mention which i'll follow up on that is you know when there's excessive nutrients which then you know back up in the not mitochondria you know, with electrons and you know cause debris so i mean it, it becomes sleeping is fundamental you know if you're considered you know you really want to have good cognitive health throughout your life and you know whether you're snoring and the other issues that you mentioned i mean that all can impact the sleeping and then um going back to as you're talking about diet and eating lots Mm -hmm. of fat in your diet um Mm -hmm. can you talk about the importance of fasting because fasting can have a big impact on mitochondrial health yeah yeah so so here here's the, the the two other things that are important for mitochondria so i've mentioned um 
oxygen, breathing, hypoxia, not breathing, you know, low oxygen. I've uh, mentioned fats. And so the other thing, uh, the two other things is one is uh, the fasting and the other one is um, exercise. So when I, we talk about exercise, I'm not talking about strenuous exercise. I came, you know, I was an athlete I, and worked out strenuously. But like the mitochondria just require, you know, movement. So like if you're biking or if you're walking, all that's great. And, and that drives biogenesis, which cre is creation of new mitochondria. But the other thing is, is like if you've been sitting all day, you're your mitochondria, this electron transport system is backed up and it's full of electrons which are bleeding out into the environment around there and creating inflammatory responses. So you you move to drive the electron transport chain and to kind of clear it out and to uh, to create new um, mitochondria. And then, you know, the other thing as I mentioned was the was the fasting so you know that's another way you know like if you're eating you know excessively i mean what we talk about is you know if you're in the 2600 calories a day range that you drop it down to like 2000 calories a day but basically you want to reduce the amount of caloric intake in order to kind of keep the mitochondria functioning as healthy as possible because you don't want them to be backed up sitting in there with a lot of nutrients inside of them. And so in my practice, when I talk to patients about fasting, well, especially my patients with dementia and Alzheimer's, mm -hmm. is that we, we basically start with a 12-hour fast. Yep. So, so that basically means for the listeners out there, you know, after you eat your supper at night, yep. after you're done with that, then you start counting on the clock until you eat your breakfast in the morning. So most people can easily accomplish 12 hours. Mm -hmm. And uh, depending on the patient, if they have an ApoE4 gene, which is the Alzheimer's gene, we will boost that up to 16 hours, you know, right. a, a gap of 16 hours between your supper and your breakfast, when, which can be easily accomplished when you're on a high-fat diet. So for the listeners out there, that might seem like, oh, my God, I can't go that long without eating. When you're on a <laughs> high-fat diet, it gets a lot easier because that fat satiates you that's right it really does i mean that's that's so amazing to, uh you know to see that i mean to see that happening with patients where they start feeling better and all these these rigid beliefs about you know eating and what they need to eat become to kind of fade away and they feel better so again you mentioned the importance of oxygenation fat mm -hmm. in our diet exercise any kind of exercise just get out there and move and, and fasting these are the four um, real core um, principles on how to start to build healthy mitochondria. You That's know? right. So, so again, I kind of think about going back to the basics. The basics for good health always kind of are the same, you know, eating healthy, getting good sleep, exercising. So this, you know, still fits within that paradigm. But if you want to nerd out and geek out and understand the importance of the mitochondria, how they work into this. Uh, you can see, and that's why we have Warren on today. So, Warren, what else do we need to know about mitochondria and how to help get them more healthy and and how to prevent these age-related diseases like heart disease and diabetes and neurodegenerative diseases? 
Right. Well, so Carrie, I mean, as you've just pointed out, I mean, the four things that we've identified already are things that, you know, any of your listeners can go out and implement today, right? They can head out and start helping their mitochondria. But, you know, like as we talk about in the, in the book is what's discussed is like, for example, heart issues. I mean, just sitting all day has a, you know, profound effect on your heart. And, you know, in the context of oxygen being delivered, here's an organism that's, you know, beating continuously. And, you know, it needs that oxygen. It needs the, um, and it needs a low caloric uh, diet in order to run most efficiently. And then, you know, we also talk about supplements that you can use. And, like, there's, like, four supplements that we recommend that, you know, like L-carnitine. We recommend D-ribose. We recommend magnesium and let's see, oh yeah, and CoQ10, right? And this is like specific for, you know, the heart, but, you know, there's all this research specific to statins and what it does to CoQ10 in the heart as far as depleting that. And then um, it, it, what I'm going to give a kind of a nerdy term, but like, uh, reperfusion, which, you know, when the blood supply stops the heart after a heart attack, you get all this blood back into the heart again, which is full of oxygen, and that effect, you know, kills off a lot of the mitochondria, so then you want to use things like D-ribose, and they're starting to do this actually now in cardiology, where they'll infuse the patient before they reintroduce the blood, they'll infuse the patient with a D-ribose, which immediately converts to ATP and doesn't destroy the mitochondria. Fantastic. So, Warren, do you have any, um, you know, signs and symptoms of probable mitochondrial dysfunction? I mean, Mm -hmm. apart from being diagnosed as having dementia or diabetes or some chronic disease. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean... It's so broad, Carrie. I mean, and so like, you know, if someone with the age-related issues, someone comes in with that, you know, cardiovascular issues or some early signs of dementia, you know, that's a giveaway. But then the other things are like, um, oh, uh, cataract issues or eye diseases. I mean, the eyes have a high concentration of mitochondria and they're you know totally affected by the ultraviolet radiation and everything so any kind of eye issues would be a a giveaway for us you know early wrinkling of the skin i mean the you know as i said there's you know each cell has about a hundred mitochondria in it in the skin and so and then you you couple that with the um age-related uh, glyconization end products, which is when sugar begins to interlock with the skin and causes um, the skin membrane and causes wrinkling. So, you know, those would be, you know, early wrinkling uh, of your skin, aging of your skin would be, you know, places where we would look about mitochondrial performance. The other thing that I kind of look for in my private practice when I'm um, working with patients is that, uh, especially with my new patients, you know, I'm going through their history and their family yep. history. And and so what's really interesting, so we're going to geek out again here, the <laughs> listeners. Um, um, yeah, when you're conceived, you get half your DNA from your biological father and half your DNA from your biological mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and so every cell in your body has, you know, that half and half, except 
for your mitochondria. Your mitochondrial DNA only comes from your biological mother. It's like all hell the queen, women yeah. rule, right? <laughs> it is, yeah. And so when I'm working with a patient, you know, I kind of go through their history and their family history, and I'm looking to see, well, if they, so as an example, if a patient has migraines, mm-hmm. I'm already kind of thinking of, ooh, their mitochondria are not that healthy. And then if they tell me, yeah, my mom had migraines. Oh, yeah. Right. And then I have, you know, different aunts or sisters that have migraines too. I'm thinking, oh. Yeah, there's probably issues with mitochondria or if they have chronic fatigue uh-huh. or fibromyalgia. And then we say, well, how, how is your mom's health? Well, she had something similar to that. I, I already, you know, automatically kind of go and start thinking in my brain, oh, mitochondria, we probably have to work on that. Yep. So that's a little hint that I use for, for listeners out there. Yeah, I mean, it, it's fascinating. I mean, like, so at that level where you're talking about the, you know, the difference between epigenetics and genetics, right? And... You know, when you when I hear a patient say, okay, you know, it's been in my family, my mom had it and so on, or her grandmother, you know, I, I'm just really saying I'm kind of throwing that whole genetic thing out the window and I'm just looking, okay, let's look fundamentally what's going on here, you know, at the level of the mitochondria. Um, Warren, do you have any other suggestions for um, uh, herbs that can help with uh, mitochondrial health? Well, you know, as a Chinese herbalist and acupuncturist, I do have an affinity for herbs. And so astragalus, so wang chi, is one that I really like. And the, the, the traditional herbal function for that is to strengthen the lung function, right? Um, and so, you know, if you are sitting a lot, then this would be something I would have you look at, you know. And traditionally... Um, I mean, in Chinese medicine, there's this imagery that we use of the, you know, the diaphragm muscle and the lungs and being like a big bellows. And when you inhale, it pulls up the water from the kidney and it moistens all the other organs, like the heart. It cools the heart and stuff like that. So uh, I like that imagery and lung function, uh, strengthening the lung function is really important. But uh, a lot of the uh, tonic herbs or gene herbs, as we would call them, are, you know, discussed in the book and how you can use them to strengthen and to, you know, if you're dealing with chronic uh, conditions, how you can use those herbs to strengthen those conditions. So, Warren, we just have a couple of minutes left. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that you think is important for our listeners to learn or to understand or to know about mitochondria? The four things that we've talked about, start them today. Start breathing, get off your desk, move around a little bit, eat a little bit less food, and add a lot more fat to it. So, Warren, how can our listeners find out more about you? They can, um, the book is on Amazon, Your Mitochondria, Key to Health and Longevity. And also, we have a website dedicated to it, to the book, which is uh, the Mito Book. Dot com. It's fairly simple to remember, so you can go there. And, you know, if you have questions, contact me. Uh, there's a place to contact me and send me a question. I'll, I definitely will get back with you. So for the listeners out there, I'll make sure to find those links and put those on our uh, website for our pod- podcast notes so that you can easily find Warren and his um, book and the rest of his resources. Warren, thank you so much for being my special guest today. This has been an awesome interview. 
Thank you, Carrie. It's been a pleasure being here with you. All right, that wraps up this very special episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show with Warren Cargill. And I want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in today. And I'd like to invite you back next time for another episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carey is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carey is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please tell your friends about the Functional Medicine Radio Show, and we'll see you next week with more from Dr. Carey.